Right, so welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. This is me, William Porteous, your host for this next hour or so. Yeah, wow, this is a great one. This conversation, I don't just get straight to it because Steve, Stephen Ferrone is Ferrone is one of the most amazing. I mean, you call him a session drummer, but he he's more than that. He's a great soul, and you can listen to this interview, and you're going to get that that complete sense of what a rounded amazing life he has had obviously i i know him from actually i, I found out i, I kind of knew him from the 90s from some live stuff he did at nebworth with the likes of eric clapton and elton john and mark Knopfler and all that kind of stuff and he's there in the backs smashing the old kit and obviously i i'm um, a drummer i was playing a bit of guitar and sing and stuff but predominantly my thing was when i was a kid was i was a drummer i used to there's a story I tell about it in in, in, the, in the episode, but essentially this was really going back. That I realised I've known him actually a long long while. I've known of his work for a long a long time, and so when it came to talking about that, that was actually quite emotional. But when we when we got stuck into Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, wow, you know he's so open. So many cool little stories that he's got about Tom Petty, Mike Campbell, Ben Montench etc all the guys and of course he was in the, the, the heartbreaks like 25 odd years for, for a long time it, you know, after Stan Lynch so he had some he had some shoes to fill let me tell you because Stan Lynch is, is one of my top favorite drummers and uh, a lot of people would say that the production on Down the Torpedoes was astonishing the way that the drums sat between the vocal, the guitars, and, and the, the drums just sat right there in the middle in a beautiful, perfect way. So Steve had a lot to live up to. But he, he's such a genuine, beautiful guy. And it, it kind of just, it helped a lot with the interview because we went on and on and on. We had these terrible technical difficulties in the in the beginning because I'm new to Zoom. I don't really get it. I don't. But now I do. It's not hard. But I, I did find it hard. I... God, I nearly, I nearly threw the laptop across the room. Laura had to come in and help me out. Anyway, big drama. This all, it was all good. It turned out fine in the end. And and Steve was very accommodating. I think he had to set up a meeting eventually on Zoom, which was just so embarrassing. So embarrassing. But we got through it. But I tell you, if you, <laughs> you are any kind of lover of music, this is this is your conversation. If you're any kind of a lover of lovely human being this is your conversation so obviously that's pretty broad um yeah and, and this was a dream come true this is meeting a total hero of mine so let's i'm just going to put it out there when you start a podcast like this any form of podcast you have an aim an ambition you know the 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 the, the, the real the end goal the dream essentially and this would probably be pretty high up there because Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, as any member of my family will tell you, are my heart and soul. I, I've got a pretty small Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers tattoo. I got made in, I got done in in Kathmandu a while ago, and I don't do that lightly. I've got another one of Johnny Cash on on the other arm, but it, it anyway. 
Just try and underline the point that I'm a big Petty fan. So this was a big deal for me. Big deal. And I, I, I mean, I say that because it's, it's it, took, it took me back to thinking about my dad a lot. It took me thinking about the summer holidays we had together as a family, uh, traveling down in a car to the south of France or scooting around in a car on the Isle of Wight and having like the best of Tom Petty on or Into the Great Wide Open, that wonderful album. And then, of course, going to see Tom Petty live, Steve on the drums, and me being like, that's British guy. That's a motherfucking cool British guy right there behind the skins. That guy there, he's cool. He's from Brighton. He's cool. You know, he's one of us. And it was great. It was a wonderful conversation. So I know you're going to, I know you're going to dig it. I know you're going to love it. But anyway, um, how, how have you been? How have you been? Because it's, it's been a very odd week. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what any of us are doing now with this with this virus. I, I think some people are going out and going back to normality. Some people are going, no, no, don't do that because you're all going to die. And, and probably rightly so, let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, I, I wonder how you're doing. Are you near a breaking point? Because I, I know Laura, my dear lovely wife, is struggling quite a lot at the moment. And I know that, um, I, I, if I'm honest, I'm kind of... Um, I wouldn't say struggling, but I'm I'm getting fatigue. So I wonder how fatigued you are. Um, and if and if you are, it's I don't think it's gonna. Oh, God, I don't know if it's gonna be forever. And I was it not gonna be forever, but I don't know. I don't feel like it's gonna be for that much longer. And also, you've you've done so well to get this far. Don't give up now. You know, if you if you like me, you've got a kid, and you're really struggling. The nurseries will open soon, I'm sure. Child minders will be there to bail you out soon, okay? So don't throw children out windows just yet. Um, anyway, that's a bit of an odd thing to say, isn't it? Oh, dear. So coming up next week will most likely be uh, Andrew Wilson. I pause because I've just finished talking with him. And I've forgotten his name. I thought that would be rude, wouldn't it? Andrew Wilson is a biographer, so he's written a number of biographies. But I wanted to pick him up on the Patricia Highsmith uh, biography that he's that he wrote a while ago. Uh, obviously, Patricia Highsmith, the novelist who wrote *Strangers on a Train*, the talented Mr. Ripley series, and *Carol*, the phenomenal writer. And so we've had a really good um, conversation about about her. So if you feel like it, in the next few days maybe revisit either those films or books i think strange on a train is a wonderful adaptation of the book tanta mr ripley is my second favorite film of all time i'm not joking and oh, whoa drama he's not joking and uh, carol is inc an incredible adaptation of that book so yeah maybe just revisit those and, and then maybe give you a little bit more context a little bit more you'll enjoy the conversation even more so do enjoy yourself and as always if you feel like checking out my website with that short film on it please do so it's somedaysadiamonds.co.uk named after a tom petty song that steve ferroni played on somedaysadiamonds.co.uk and you can check out that short film called the name bit of dark comedy right there you'll enjoy it. it's only 20 minutes long why not in the meantime stay stay cool um Enjoy the, the sun coming to you. Enjoy a beer, enjoy a wine, enjoy mint tea. Do whatever the hell takes your fancy, frankly. And uh, rock on, stay safe. Love you very much. Bye.
God Almighty. Thanks so much for your patience, Stephen. Sorry about that. Okay. My God. Shit happens. It you know, you, it? You, 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 young, you young people don't understand computers <laughs> too much. <laughs> because yeah, I'm a drummer as well, so leave it alone, okay? I can't help it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you don't know that about me, mm. do you? I'm a drummer. Oh, what are you drinking there? That looks nice. Is my girlfriend makes this shit up a very very berry hibiscus very berry summer uh, it's something that she makes up but she goes to starbucks and has some jump through hoops oh well it, it, she speaks she speaks a uh, fluent starbuckian you, you've got to yeah. these days you've got to oh you can, know can you record can you record on your end this yeah yeah i'm recording i'm recording now so this oh, is okay, good great great yeah. great lovely i'm using all, all right, well i can stop i can stop my recording then okay cool um and what's that behind you is that you in a studio right it's in my studio that is very cool that what, it's a bit messy at the moment but what's that drum a, what's that a gretch what is that it's a 19 1950 gretch broadcaster of course it is oh my god that is absolutely beautiful i mean yeah i'm not like a drummer's drummer i wouldn't i wouldn't like i i would i would tread carefully like when I start talking about drum stuff, because you, you'd say something like quite knowledgeable, and I'd be like, I just nod my head like a dog that's just been shown a card. Oh, trick, I'm not, you know? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a tech head at all. But that's that's the same age as me, that drum kit. <laughs> and, oh, uh, but it's in better condition. Yeah, and happy and then birthday. I have, yeah. I have a, then I have a few, then I have a few snare drums over there. Holy God! Okay, that's and a, and, a, and there's a micro kit sitting over there as well. Man, that that's like yeah, a micro full full drum workshop there. That's, that's yeah, that's only part. Of, that's only part of it. And yeah, I bet. Like, do you those drums, right? Those snare drums. How many of those do you like? Would you consider them like children to you? They're all my kids. I know every <laughs> every single. I know every single one of them. And I know exactly what they do. Yeah. And I know when to give them an airing and when to pull them out. And yeah. Play them and, and give them yeah. a, give them a good kicking as well. I suppose you know, give them a good spanking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I found I found that 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 broadcaster I found in in the shop in, in um, uh, Steve Maxwell. You know who he is, Steve Maxwell? I don't know. He's 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 probably like the the premier vintage guy as far as having a store. Oh God, okay, and, uh, beautiful. And I, I I went into I went into um the, uh, the, my uh, my my uh, uh, endorsement companies when I went on the road. A few years ago, um, they they said, "Well, you know, we want you to do like a blog on the road." And I said, "No fucking way! I'm not going to do that. That ain't going to happen." You know, because have you seen Billy Cobham's blogs? Have you ever seen those? No. I mean, he's so. I mean, he must spend like unless he's like a really good typer, right? Right. He, he it's it, he's got keyboard skills. He might be able to do it, but he gets. I mean, he just. He's like, well, we travelled from so and so to so and so today, and the, yeah. the the plane was uh, kind of messed with the, the but the uh, but the but the flight attendant was very nice and recognised me and asked me about what what how I played so and so on uh, on such such right. an album. Yeah. And then we get to the gig and we do this, and the bass amp didn't work very well, but so and so plays well. And we're in the middle of the song, he got into something different that was all this that yeah. Blah. yeah. And he just goes like really in depth, you know, yeah, it must yeah. take him forever. And it's like, I got other stuff to do. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I've, I've got, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I've got my, uh, I've got my shakes to drink as well. You know, uh, you know, yeah. I'm a thinker, you know, yeah. that, I, I know yeah, what you he mean. Does, but, 
but uh, so they said well so they said well you know, i said i'll tell you what I, i'll do something but i'm not i i'm uh, I'll, I'll i'll have to figure it out with the with the tom petty's when tom petty's tom petty's uh online guy right okay he yeah. does all the stuff he d- he, he always did like crazy shit. like he'd say like he put a put out a blast on on the on the tom petty thing you know the first person to be on 57th Street and uh, uh, the corner of 57th Street and Broadway and jumping up and down gets a free ticket to the show tonight. Yeah. And all these people would come rolling up and all start jumping up and down going. <laughs> I, I remember that, man. I remember that stuff. I was like, yeah. God almighty. Cause I just get so jealous because like whenever there was a tour or whatever, because, you know, Tom never ever used to come over to the UK, say for like maybe a George Harrison tribute um, gig. Right. And so my, yeah. I just, um. One day I was like, that's it. I, I've spent my entire life loving this guy. It's about time I put my money where my mouth is. I bought it and I just, we just flew over to Madison Square Garden and saw you guys. And it was amazing. You know, it was just one of those, you got to do it. Cause he's, he, and then, and then he hadn't toured over here for years, years and years. And, right. then, and then literally two years later, he comes over and does a, does a tour and does like, does. you know, festivals and stuff. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, yeah. so funny. But, but it, so, so he, he came up with this brilliant idea of going in. He came to meet me and said, he called me up and he said, what do you, you know, I was in Central Park smoking a cigar and he ran over to Central Park. And he said, he said, just tell people, he says, look, he said, just, just tell people that you're getting a bit bored and that you want to, you're going to go over to Steve Maxwell's, and I called Steve and okayed it before, go to Steve Maxwell's drum, drum shop and, uh, and, uh, uh, and you'll be there at three o'clock in the afternoon. No. So I said, I sitting there smoking a cigar in the park, totally illegal, of course, to smoke in Central Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, yeah, weather's coming. It's nothing. You know, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna run over to Steve Maxwell's to be there at like three o'clock this afternoon. If you want to come over and join me, yeah. So I go over there, and all these drum, drummers show up from like from Broadway guys show up, uh, fans show up, right? For petty fans, yeah. Um, and uh, and we just uh, hung out in the drum store, and they they filmed it and did all this stuff, you know, and. Steve Maxwell put a couple of drum kits up, and uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, we just so we went walked around looking at drums and sweet, and then sat down and there was this kid that was a fan, and he wanted to play a song, so I, play, I played I played the song and then I played a sing along just with just the drums and they sang that, and uh, and and I was playing that kit right and I didn't really pay too much attention to it, and somebody sent me a. A video of it and there was there was this film that i played where i usually go i usually go it's like it's the, right so yeah and i couldn't get round to that last tom because it was set up a little bit strange so i just i just beat that one and, and then i and i got two distinct tones out of that drum with such ease he went it, you know and i beat it out of it and i said dang drums they sound really good so I called up the guy and I said, "Well, those drums that I was playing in in the in the, in the store," and he said, "Well, they belong to this guy that used used to play with um, um, a guy named Lawrence Welk. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a he's a band leader, TV band leader, okay. very famous. You know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they used to belong to this guy, and uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, I said, so uh, I said, well, so how much are they? You know?" And he said, "Like twelve thousand dollars." Whoa! So, so I said, "Well, he said they got you know what they got hit. They have history and they have all the cases and they had all the uh, all the uh, original calfskin heads and everything." Yeah. Yeah. Do they also tell your fortune? And, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> give, give him a rub. Aladdin called, comes I, out. I called. I called. I called my. I called my. But I got to tell you, the the tongs don't have legs. They sit. They sit in cradles. They yeah. got these. Like it's like a snare drum cradle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and the tone of those drums is just it's it's incredible. I mean, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, so I um I um. I called my accountant. I said, "Can I get a tax break on these things?" And he said, "Absolutely." So sweet man, away you go. You know, when the tax man yeah. says buy them, you you buy them. You know, yeah, right. Well, no, and I and I and I keep them. I keep them here in the, in my studio. I, I was I was I was going to take them up. I was a bit leery of showing them the Tom because Tom, you really had an you really had an ear for tone. You know, well, man, yeah, so yeah. probably well, you got to take them. You got to take them on the road with me. I didn't really want to take them on the road, but yeah, but. Uh, because he uh, he, uh, he he played on um, that 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 album. He played the drums on that album of his solo album. Oh, I can't remember the bloody name yeah. of it now. But he was uh, uh, a highway companion. That's the kiddie, yeah. And uh, I, yeah. Thought he, I thought he was pretty well, good. Play, play, play the drums. He plays the drums like Mike Campbell plays the drums. He plays plays a few bars until he gets a couple that sort of loop that you can loop. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like right, you know, it's like, wow, you know, Tom Petty's playing the drums here. You know, I mean, I'm not going to criticize this guy. It's he's doing all right. No. You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. It's very basic, but it works. Yeah, and it, it, it is. It's like one of those things, you know. So you, you go back to the backbeat. Either you've got it or you haven't. And I've got to say, if, if you know, if you're a musician for like 40, 50 years and you can't play a basic drum beat, then something's wrong. You know, you haven't been paying attention. You know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. but let, um, you're from Brighton, right? Yeah. And you're a Seagulls fan. Of course. Yeah. All the way. I don't want to make it too footbally. Because I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I went. I had a chat with a, a musician the other day, and it, and it, it was going really good, really great. And then I, I asked him about Celtic, and the next thing I knew was like literally twenty minutes later, I was trying to stop him from talking about his football team. I was like, can we get please get back to the music? I was like, Jesus Christ. I, I'm not. I'm not that much of a. Fan. I mean, okay. I'm a fan of Brighton. Yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was uh, I was very happy that we got our own football field at last. Football field, so I'm really happy that yeah. we got in the, in the Premier League and stayed up in the Premier League. And yeah. I record whenever they play, I, I record all the Premier League games. And I, but I always Sweet. I always watch the bro. Yeah. And I got my I got my I got my hat. And I got, well, got, got numerous hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so keep, and I got a strip actually. That I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does it keep Does it keep you grounded when you're like over in? Uh, I don't know where you are. Are You in like LA or something? I mean, Los Angeles. Yeah. So, do you keep you grounded, knowing like you're uh, the, the your your seagulls are playing on a Saturday, whatever it would be over your time. I don't know. Does it? Do you ever check in with? Well, the... I, you know, they 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 uh they play they play at um. It's like uh, it, it usually comes at about five o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. my god! Okay. I I, I get yeah. up. I get I get up. I usually I. Always, I I usually wake up about five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. Anyways, yeah. But I have to go. I have to go do something at that time every yeah. day. So, so uh, I I record it and then I come back home and watch it. And, yeah. So like Brighton, I mean, and, that... and try and try and get my try and get my cousin to stop stop telling me what the fucking score right. is. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, th th this season maybe the kind of thing would be definitely to not tell you or just tell you how many did you lose by. You know, no offense, I'm a Saints fan, so you know. <laughs> 
you know there's there's no south close rivalry at all steve don't don't worry about it you know no, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> um what was yeah. i gonna say yeah so is it brighton man was that where you i mean yeah is that's that where, is that that's where i was born that's you were born wow born in brighton so is that is that where you found your love of music is like is it because brighton's pretty yeah, hip well, you know? yeah. it's a pretty cool place right so yeah, yeah, always, it always was. A, it always, always had a, a, a sort of music, music scene. But I mean, I, I got, I jumped into the music scene a little bit, a little bit early. I didn't, I didn't really jump into it through, through, the, through, through the music scene. I, I, I uh, when, when I was, uh, when I was, when I was born, and they had me in a high chair and they would feed me. We didn't have TV. We had radio, big old radio, wireless. Yeah, wireless. <laughs> And I used to sit. I used to sit there in my high chair with a spoon and beat in time to the music. So my grandmother said, "Oh, we've got to do something with them." So uh, uh, as soon as I could walk, three years old, they took me and gave me tap dancing lessons. And, Sweet, like Fred Astaire, so right? To, yeah, she was a big Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly fan. Oh, there we go. Right, so, that's cool. Because yeah. I, I, I absolutely, and, he's a genius. That man, well, was a genius, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he was excellent, and, and, and you know, there's was was some other 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 you know, tic tac toe and all those people. Yeah, you know, we used to used to used to watch them a lot. Sammy Davis. Yeah. You know, Sammy Davis. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, so 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 uh, I was I got a, a stage education uh, as far as that was uh, that yeah. was concerned. But then, but then you know you don't meet many girls when you. When you, when you <laughs> tap dancing, but <laughs> when true, yeah, in the sixties yeah. when the when the when the bands came around, the Beatles and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, girls, saw, watch this. Up I in, saw the yeah. reaction of girls. Yeah. Like, we got to start a band, balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or alternatively, you go, girls, stand to one side. Have you seen my scat, my tap, my tap dancing skills here? Yeah. You know, <laughs> whoa. Listen, I used to, I used to, I used to be a pretty good dancer, right? So, so yeah. I used to go to this place called the Top Rank, Top Ranks, uh, uh, the Regent Ballroom. It was the Top Rank Ballroom in Brighton. Right near the cock tower, it's not there. It's boot scammish now, but yeah. But uh, I used to go down there, and and I go there with my friends, and it was, it was, and it's for little kids in the morning, Saturday mornings, you know. Yeah. So you know, I remember I was twelve, so I go down there and we dance, you know, we do the do dance with these girls, and they were all very impressed with the dancing. But as soon as the dance finished, it was like, thank you, gone. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Manfred Mann shows up to come and they were playing it that night in, in I guess with the adults upstairs in, you know, in the, in the ballroom. Yeah. And, uh, they, they, they sort of set up and did a sound check and the sound check they played for a few songs for us little kids. Every little girl in the place just went completely crazy, like screaming and that. And, uh, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this I... is, this is, <laughs> This is for us. <laughs> yeah, I Not think this is what I want to do now. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, something's telling me I, I want to do this now. Right. Yeah. You know, and so was it like because yeah. for me, when I was growing up, it was um, I, I wasn't like necessarily I, I was always wanting to be like Michael Jackson. Like my mum and dad always used to take the piss out of me because when I was a teeny, teeny little boy, like five or six, they were, what do you, who do you want to be when you're older, Will? I want to be Michael Jackson. I want to be Michael Jackson. That's all I want to fucking be. Anyway, so, but but the drumming thing, I don't know where it came from, you know, and and that and it, and it really it really did like come along pretty quickly. And I remember um, first time my mum and dad bought me a, a drum kit. They bought me a set of drumsticks two weeks prior to that, right? 
and I'm out in the garden playing. My dad comes out in the garden pretending he's all pissed off and he goes, William, if I have to tell you again to put these drumsticks in your bedroom, I'm going to take them away from you. So I go, right, take them, go upstairs. And I open the door. There's a fucking brand spanking third, fourth hand drums, drum, uh, drum kit there. Yeah. I mean, I f actually fell to the floor. It floored me. You oh, know? fantastic. I mean, it's fantastic. And yeah. like, do you, when, what was the first kit you ever had where you had like a connection to like that? Uh, I, I, I got a photo here. I show you my first drum kit. You'll laugh. You'll die laughing. Oh, sweet. Well, I, I wish I had a picture of mine first because I, I, this was hysterical. It, it looked beautiful. It was like a knackered premiere and, uh, the, the cymbal stand was like literally like a something out of a garden, you know, it was like a garden metal rod and it was attached to the floor top. You had cymbal stands? Luxury. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do that. Are we like this, the Monty Python thing? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. My, yeah, where are they? I'm in my drum folder now. They're in there. Somewhere. Sweet. Yeah. Amazing. Hold on, let me try it with the glasses. <laughs> ah, there they are. Hold on. Hold on. There I can see them there. Um, uh, Okay, that's my very first gig okay. ever. Oh my god! Okay, we yeah. are we are looking here, people. At a this is amazing. So so very kind of like a traditional dance hall, almost almost like a. It's a the, youth club. Youth club, and you've got it looks youth like a, the band looks like the band are going. They've got their own amps. That's quite cool. They're not all like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Not, oh, not... oh, we had all that stuff. We had PA and everything. So that's that's you up there. <laughs> that's you on stage, man. That's, that's me at the back wearing my bow tie. That was my very first. Oh my gig god, that's these big. All these kids were like eighteen that I was playing with. You know, yeah. I was terrified that they were going to beat me up, but then I started playing, and they sort they sort of accepted me. That but the bass is awesome. drum is sort of off to the right because it was so big. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> It's like, what did you do? Did you like take that? You take that with you and, tr and sleep in that or something? Is that like a travel home? Uh, no, I know that was the one. That was their kit. They gave me. They, they were, uh, the 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 tom tom. Yeah. Is 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 actually a snare drum that my grandmother bought me. Okay. And uh, and the the snare drum was their snare drum. Okay, so yeah. so I kind of like I I didn't have a tom tom, so I took the snares off the snare drum. And, can you? What was it like? I, I really like. Can you remember it? Can you remember that gig? Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. it. Yeah, they, yeah, they they blew a fuse and I had to do a drum solo. Oh yeah, it was my first, the first, <laughs> it's the first thing I hated doing drum solos ever since. Well, how yeah, how did it go? Really though, was it a good? Was it a good? Yeah, solo? it was okay. It was a, it was a, I, I got they, they fired their drummer when he came out of hospital. Okay, great. Okay, that's a real nice thing yeah. to do. She's like a double fractured <laughs> leg or something. Then I, then I, well, then then I was then I was terrified. Yeah. Then I was terrified that, that I was going to run into this guy who was their drummer <laughs> and he was going to beat me up. You know, twelve. Yeah. It was always eighteen-year-olds didn't really didn't really have too much patience with twelve-year-olds back in my day. Okay. So yeah, yeah, fair play. Like yeah, you 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 were, you, were, you were good for a clip around the ear. That was about it. What what, what was that like? That's that would have been sixty-two, would it? 62 so, yeah. is that that's yeah. pre-mods and rockers is it just about isn't it about just a, yeah a little bit it was just sort of starting up were you were you uh yeah. you a mod were you a rocker were you like neither no. i started i started off i started off as a rocker because i thought i i, I thought that the uh i thought that the guys with the motorcycles were, were, were meaner yeah you know? and so so i put on my what what sort of past as like a little rocker outfit and i went down to the seafront yeah 
and I got and I got and I got down there, and there were thousands of mods. So I went home Christ. and I got changed. I put on my Levi's, <laughs> my Levi's, and a t-shirt, <laughs> and went back down. Went back down yeah. to the seafront. Man, and, uh, that's that's you know, man. Mod. If we could, I'd high five you there because, like, frankly, you know, that just makes sense. It's a sensible thing. It's a sensible option, right? You know, what are you gonna do? Have you have you yeah. had your head caved in, or just make a fashion yeah. change? You know, so that's, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I mean you know it was kind of like I was kind of into Motown and everything that was sort of oh, the, the, the mod thing. And then and then you know that band used to open for the Who. They used to play in the in the in the aquarium in Brighton. You know the aquarium in Brighton. I I am familiar with it. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh well you, you go down you go down you go down those stairs yeah. and right in front of you is where you go into the aquarium. But that used to be the club. It used to it used to be the. Um, Star, uh, not the Starlight Rooms. That was another club. I think. Uh, God, I forget the name of it. It was Uncle Bonnie's Chinese Jazz Club. Okay, right. it was upstairs. And, yeah. Oh my God. And, uh, uh, so uh, yeah, so so we used to we used to play, we used to play down there. And uh, and uh, I mean, if you go in there, the stage is still there. Yeah. Uh, as you walk into pay, if you just walk in with the pay to go, where you pay to go into the aquarium. Yeah. If you look to the right, there's there's a stage, there, a little stage, and the Who used to play on there. Sweet. Fred and uh, uh, and uh, all the all the all the when the Mersey thing was going, all the all the guys from Liverpool were coming, bands from Liverpool. God. And my band was uh, was one of the opening acts that used to go and play there. The Flames, right? Local band, yeah, yeah. We changed their name. We we changed their name later to the Web. Uh, um, uh, the Web. Uh, uh, let me see. Hey man, you were well yeah, ahead. We well, well ahead of the curve on that one. www. Yeah, we. Yeah, we uh, we um, we should have uh, if we'd have known. <laughs> if I'd have known then, what I know now. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I made a lot of money just off of that. You know, but, um, I've got, I've had, I've had a dream, and it's based on uh, this thing. It's like a computer thing, but uh, it's the whole world. Uh, you know, it's like you're a drummer. Get back in your box. You don't know what we're talking about. There you go. Oh, now that is a Same guys. That is a awesome picture. So here we've got like the yeah. the band, five guys, yeah. and there's and a comma van. And we a, had a comma van. There was a comma van. The and this is awesome, amazing DIY logo behind mm. be, between. I think that's yeah. you, you and your guitarist there. And it, yeah, that's Laurie Poor. His name's Laurie Poor. Laurie Poor. Plays. What Laurie. a legend. Yeah. Good looking guy yeah, there. Mick Terry, Mick Terry, Mick Terry, the right, uh, the guy on the on the far right, he yeah. still plays. He looks fucking and cool. And the guy on the far left is uh, is Jim Guilford. Jim, yeah, and he G still plays. Jim Guilford. And, yeah. Wow, that's that's where and, I come from. And, that's weird. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, his name is Jim Guilford. <laughs> and uh, and the guy with the saxophone was actually the bass player, oh, uh, Colin Briley. Okay, what well, was he trying yeah. to be? Clever, and huh? Well, I don't, I, you know, he, he, he used, I don't, I don't really remember him doubling on the, uh, yeah, he, the, dude, the, he's, the, he's trying to be clever. You know, these bass players always trying to fucking do the, all the crazy things. Well, know? apparently he was clever. Last thing I heard that he, 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 he made a fortune doing some sort of dot com company. So. Well, the web, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's awesome. I love it. Oh my God. Yeah. Well done for saving these pictures. Isn't it so often? You know, and I, I'm, I've, I've never met actually. It's fan. It was a fan that sent him. Oh, really? A fan sent him to me. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It was, a, it was a. It was a guy. A, it was a guy who used to be the bouncer down at the down in the Starlight Room. I think yeah. it was Starlight Room. That is so sweet, yeah. man. That is absolutely amazing. So, like, you're, you're in, you're in these bands, and like, 
obviously for a young man it's always about making it but then in the 60s i guess it's just as relevant as it is now like it yeah not really you know it never really was been for that for me really you know i yeah. uh, uh, it's, it's i just you know i I, I wanted to. I enjoyed playing the drums. I wanted to do it, and then, and then it seemed, seemed to me that people were doing it for a living. So I just wanted to be a drummer when I left school. And then when I started to tell them at school, when they started to ask me, "What do you want to do when you leave school?" I, said, well, I want to be a drummer. You know? Yeah. They'd say you can't do that. You can't. And I'd say, "Why not?" I say, "There's not a real job." So I say, "Well, Ringo Starr does it." Well, that's Ringo Starr. They're like you. And I say, "Well." I can hang with Ringo. I, you know, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can play. I think I can play like Ringo. And then they started to take the piss, you know. Yeah, okay. Start calling me Ringo okay. and stuff. These right. teachers. Yeah. And say, like, oh, okay, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, here we go. So I stopped playing, stopped playing football at school, stopped studying. That was it. And all I did was play. Fuck, that's and, a bold um, move. And yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and, and it was funny because, you know, after, uh, when I was, uh, like I say, I left home when I, I left home when I was 20, uh, 17. Yeah. And went, went to, I went to live, live in Italy. And then I, I actually came back home when I was about 22 and I'd been at school for, for a couple of years. I went to school in France. Um, um, uh, and, uh, and, and so I'd learned my craft and I pretty much knew what I was doing. I went down to that pub in, you know, the pub, the King and Queen in Brighton. We, we, yeah. Yeah. Go, yeah. So, yeah, well, the king and queen. It was like midweek. Sometimes they used to they they the the, B, the guys from the BBC used to come down there and they'd have a jam session down there at the, at the king and queen. And I and I heard about it. I ran, I came back to Brighton just to visit my mum, and I hadn't been there for years. You know, I I I I I I I I didn't give my mum any of that the problems that you know what you have between you like teenagers like. <laughs> The teenage years, I left. Right, and I okay. came back yeah. at the end of them. Yeah. So, uh, so they, they they dodged all the, that those wonderful teenage How years. How sweet of you! The the parents, I was wasn't <laughs> considerate of me. That is very kind. I mean, had I had the money and the mental awareness, I would have done the fucking same thing, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I actually did the starving musician thing too, but well, but like, it, but it was uh, Italy though. That's is that that must be for a conservatoire or something, right? Well, no, I, I, I went there to play in a club. Uh, yeah. I went there to play in a club for, for a week. And on the way over there, we got into a crash in a, in a, in a snowstorm, in a blizzard, actually, in Belgium. Yeah. And uh, we split the engine block in half. We ran into the back of a truck. It slid out of control on the ice going down this road. And so they, they had the band towed away. We took all the equipment, put it on a train and went, went down to Italy, went down to Rome. And uh, and so you can imagine, like January, I get down to Italy, and it's sixty degrees. I mean, yeah. back then, summer was like seventy degrees. You know, uh, and and I love when the summer came around, and 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 the rest of the time it was cold. The planet was cooler. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I get down there, at sixty degrees in January. I was sunbathing. You know, I mean, uh, I bet. I don't do that now. It's, 60 degrees now living in Los Angeles, I'm freezing. Yeah, but, right, right, yeah. But, uh, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so, so I, uh, I, I, I stayed down there playing. I went, when I played this gig down there, and then this guy said, a guy named Ronnie Jones, uh, who had a band, 
down there. He said, listen, he said, you want to stay down here and work, you know, and uh, uh, he offered me some good money. And, you know, and I said, oh, okay, fine. So I stayed there. And, and what kind and, of music uh, was it? What kind of, what kind of, we're talking about soul work? Music. Soul music. It was a soul band. And this was in, yeah. sorry, whereabouts in Italy? Uh, well, Rome, but we travelled all over. And I travelled all over. So Italy, you, yeah. you're in a travelling yeah. band playing soul music going all around Italy. Yeah. That sounds fucking incredible. Oh, it was great, especially oh in the summer. I mean, the, the summer was just fantastic. You know, we go and play, play all the beach cities and the, they had all these these clubs on the beaches and stuff. You go there and play, it's teeming with goals and it was just Jesus, fantastic. what a dream. Yeah. What a dream. And then, and then in the winter, you play in the cities, in the clubs, in the cities. Yeah. God, yeah. I, I honestly, I cannot, I can't put it into words. How there's a like that's like a because I'm, I'm obsessed with the film uh, The Talented Mr. Ripley for various reasons. I think it's one yeah. of the greatest adaptations of a book ever ever made. But like the richness and how that film is made, set in Italy, and then the jazz influence of that film. Um, mm. You know. What I'm doing right now is I'm thinking you are in that that movie, just going around all these beautiful areas, like of yeah, Italy yeah. Just... It was it was incredible. Um, oh. In the winter, you go play up in Cortina d'Ampezzo, just play play there for a week in a club. Yeah, do... clubs, and you just do stay stay there for a week. I just did my uh, international uh, hand gesture of, of Italian appreciation. You know, when mm -hmm. you do that. She gets a voice. Yeah, si, grazie, grazie. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So what, like, you, I, I take it you had too much of heaven and then you came back to England or something or you got a... You, uh, no, I mean, I was, I was, uh, I, 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 uh, from there, I, I started playing with the French band that, yeah. was, that, was, that, that, that were playing in, in Italy. And uh, uh, and then uh, they got offered the job of being uh, the, the casino in Nice uh, had a, had a club called the Mecca yeah Meccart M E C M E C A R T club and uh, and they got offered a residency in that club and they asked me if I wanted to go and do a year with them in uh, in France and it was at that point I was just twenty one years old and uh, and um, I went I was on my twenty first birthday that we went there. And I was I was kind of in this space where I was saying, well, okay, I've I've done nothing but since I was seventeen or since I left school, really. I mean, playing just playing around in bands and playing in clubs and doing this, that, and the other. And I knew what it would take to be a professional. And uh, and uh, uh, I mean, these guys they could read music and everything, and I knew that I had to, to brush up on some of that if I was gonna if I was gonna be a pro. And uh, and uh, and um, either that or go back to school and get a job. Yeah. And and, and, and I'd ran into some. It was funny because I'd ran into some Americans in Rome, and they were computer computer guys. They were working on computers. Yeah. And they were talking to me about computer, and I thought, well, that sounds interesting. Maybe I should, I could go back to England. Maybe go back to school and. Uh, wow. Okay. And uh, and uh, maybe maybe learn how to do that. Or just start know. up the web again. Uh, so. Get the yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even talk about. I mean, this is how they talk about. They have got these big reels of things that spin around those sort of computers, you know. Yeah. That was. That's, that's, I mean, you know, I got like fifty times more power in that. You know? Yeah. Five thousand times more. I'm saying fifty. Five thousand. Yeah. Right. So, so in my phone. So, so, uh, 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 you know, when this this opportunity came up to go to go to France, my question was to them was that. Well, can you get me into the music school? Because those guys are all graduates of the conservatory, which is a state-run 
state-run uh, school, music school. And they said, yeah, we could do that. So, so when we went to, when we got to Nice, they had a, a, a the, the, the percussion, t- the percussion prof, a guy named uh, Jacques Carré. Yeah. Uh, he came to see me, he came to see me play and he said, well, listen, you're too old. Uh, uh, you're too old to get into, into the school because the eldest you could be to get into a percussion class was 15. So Whoa. he said, but, but he said I can get you in as a teacher. And I'm like, what do you mean a teacher? I, what, what do you want? What do you want me to, what do you want me to teach? I want to go there to learn. He said, well, you can play the drums. You can play modern drums. Ah, okay. And we want, we want somebody to teach the kids how to play, you know, Bernard Purdy, Ringo Starr, Billy Cobham, uh, you know, you rattled off all these, all these different drummers who can play that sort of, that sort of stuff. Uh, maybe do some jazz and, and uh, so my first gig was was putting together a band to play uh, to play jazz to play a, a, a jazz thing for a radio admission. Every year they'd have a radio show that went out on the, on, on on their radio there, so to show what the taxpayers' money was doing with music. Okay, yeah. So yeah. they everybody's up there playing the classical stuff, and then we had a little section with the jazz thing, and and that was my that was my uh, that was my first job for the uh, for the for the for the for the, for the conservatory. And then I had all these students, and they, and 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 they used to take private lessons with me. So uh, uh, these students were kids that have been in music school since they could walk, right? Yeah. So they learned they learned to play through reading. They knew about reading, but they didn't know too much about playing. So I I had to sort of figure out break down what it was that I was doing and what I'd learned. And and the guys that I worked with had really made me work on like on tempo. And 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 concentrating on 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 the song, and not 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 concentrating on being so so such a flash drummer, but to be able to play the song. And they they sort of drum. I remember I remember we we played a gig uh, just outside of Florence in, in this one. They had these big clubs that people would go to, and we played, we were playing a matinee in this club. And uh, we were in there, and we were playing, and 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 I I, I actually played. From the beginning of the show to the every every song right through to the end, and I was in the zone. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the uh, when I finished, I knew that I had it. Yeah. And and, and they turned around and they said they looked at me and they said, mm-hmm. "You fucking <laughs> did it, didn't you?" And, you know, and so I, I never I never had to I never had to think about it anymore. I knew what it was. It's yeah. Something that you can't really explain. Yeah. You just have to work on it, and then uh, and then I kind of figured out what it was about thinking about playing for the song. Yeah, well, see, they, what they call playing for the song. Yeah, yeah, and like that—that's pretty much what I—I I think what a lot of people um, know. I mean, well, the, the musicians out there, drummer—you know, drummers that love your work—they know you for right. Like, is this this ability to be able to play for the song? You know, and I—I I was, yeah. I would say, the first track I ever heard you um, on was. Um, knowingly i would say because i the amount of fucking people you've played with i've just said i would have been like you know four yeah. one one or whatever when i first heard you but was um you wreck me right uh, yeah with with tom uh and the heartbreakers yeah. on wildflowers i mean that is yeah that's a standout track that's like a that's like yeah. a steep it's, it's like a your own shuffle almost it's like your own kind of thing you're doing there yeah it's well that that was that was you know when it when when i first heard the song mike mike campbell came in with a with a with a uh a, a demo you know yeah. 
and uh, and and he 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 taken his drum machine and he gone da 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 uh, for for the for the for the eight notes of the, for the hi hat and it was really sort of very even. It was, a, it was a very even sort of chug that it had to it, you know. Yeah. And and so when I listened to the demo, I said, "Dang, I, I kind of like that," you know. So I played uh, when we played it. I played that hi hat uh, about halfway through the song. I started to think mm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it, was, it really started to give me a, a bit of a cramp in there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we just uh, we just kept going, and it had that sort of chug chug sort of kind of inside sort of shuffle to it that yeah. happens. It's a, it's 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 really really cool. It is, One of my favorite tracks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw that that documentary um, running down a dream that um, Bogdanovich did, and you know, yeah. and they're talking about that song, but they're talking about you as well, and it's like, that's mm. it's fucking awesome, man. Like like Grohl calls it like a just a, it's just a barnstormer or whatever he says, and it's just, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's great. It's all drums. I used to be in a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers um, tribute band, and we open with that one and you know not a lot of people in the uk are, oh, yeah. are too familiar with some of that's his. a rough that's a that's a rough song to open with do you know what i mean like but it, with that drum beat people just you just <laughs> after about five yeah. bars people are just like fucking nodding their heads like chickens and it's absolutely yeah. like yeah, yeah you know and if you can get them with that song then you're going to get them with the other hits right yeah so yeah 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 you know uh, there was there was a there was a I don't think we ever started a show with 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 with, uh, with that, but we did we did twice. Tom decided that he was gonna start the the show with running down a dream. Oh, brave! And uh, and and, <laughs> and you know I'm I'm not a drummer to warm up. I I don't sit there and tippy tap. I just don't do that. I do, I'm always sort of ready. I'm just ready to play. I always say I got warmed up when I was 15 years old, so I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> So, 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 you rebel. So, so, so but when it, the, you know, that was always sort of like at the end of the set, we do that, and 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 it's a very high energy. So, and you know, the 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 actual recording of it, it just has those quarter notes. Tick that, tick that. It didn't really feel right to play that all the way. It didn't it, live. It just didn't work. So I played I played the running down a dream yeah. sort of beat to it. And and that that works. Every eighth note, like really, really young. It's it's uh, full on. So yeah, so so so. But he did it twice. And he almost <laughs> almost killed over, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I had to have the, the, take the next couple of songs to have a rest so I could get back into the groove. Of it, you know? <laughs> also, where do you go from there? Like, do you know what I mean? Where do you go from like running down a dream opening song to what do you go to after yeah. that? Trust me. Trust me, Tom Petty had an armory of songs that you really didn't have to worry too much about. True, it's like <laughs> I'll be like maybe when you when you when you when you have the songs that Tom Petty's written, that, you don't really have to worry too much. Yeah, about. exactly. Oh, geez, uh, what are we going to do next? Oh, I don't. Know, maybe we should go home. I haven't yeah. got any more. We played the hit, you know. It's like you know, yeah. we we could have with with you know we we had a we had a pretty good pretty good set, but we could have scrapped that set completely, and there was he had a whole other set of. The songs that we didn't play, he could have done a show with, and people would have loved it. Would oh have been just as happy. Oh god, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the appreciation that because this is a thing, like, and I don't know whether you can like, I don't know, agree with, like, help me with this one because I, 
in the UK, I always felt very much um, like a one one man army when it comes to came to loving Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. You know, um, there mm. were people, you know, in the mid seventies that that knew who the who, who the Heartbreakers were, etc. Because they made it over here before they made it over there in in the states. And so we kind of had them. We kind of had them in Hyde Park. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it, it's. It, 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 <laughs> It's, we kind of we won. Yeah. Park, we won. Yeah, this is true. This is true, man. I, I just, when I was growing up, man, I was it was always just me on my me on my own there. But then when you go to America, yeah. obviously everyone's like, yeah, Tom Petty. What are you, what are you talking about? It's in our DNA. But like some of those, yeah. some of those songs, man, what a, you know, they're just like remarkable. When you, when you came into the band, were you like, were you familiar? You can't have been familiar with all their back catalogue, surely. I mean, like, no, was it- I was, I, I was, I was, I wasn't that familiar with the Heartbreakers. I, I mean, I, I, I knew uh, um, Learning to Fly. I'd, heard, I'd seen that on MTV a couple of times. Yeah, you know. beautiful song. Uh, Won't back down. I'd heard that, and I, I, I really liked those songs as they were cool. But as far as being like a Heartbreaker fan, I, I'd never played breakdown and i didn't know it up until the day that i played it and that was in in chicago in front of uh, twenty thousand people jesus what we did we we, we well I, I was given a list of songs that we were going to play on the on the um on the uh on the wildflowers tour yeah and 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 i and i listened to those songs now I think you know one of the things that, that uh, you know the lot of drummers say, well, you know, did you prepare? Did you listen to this? Did you listen?" I, I don't. I don't listen to drum parts. I listen to the song. Yeah. Right. So I listen to the song, then I play, and then sometimes I get it completely wrong, and they say, "Like listen to a heart." I always thought it, it just sort of felt like a straight up, and, straight up and straight down song to me, but it was a it was a, a four on the floor song. So. You know, they say, "Oh no, no, no!" It's, it's doom, doom, doom. You have to play the four on the floor. So, oh, okay, so so that, that it, it, the song did say that to me, and then I played it, and it was like, "Oh, okay, I can see that." Yeah. So, so you know, so then you just play it that way. So I, I never listen. I never listen to drum parts. I listen to the song, yeah, and then I just play it, and then I get adjusted. People say, "Oh no, I like that. That they want that. They want this. They want that." Yeah. So, 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 uh, 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 where were we? We were talking about. I forgot my I forgot my drift now. What we no, were talking it was the, about? It was the you learning the uh, well or not learning um, uh, break. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so we get so I had this list of songs and we rehearsed everything up. We played it. We went out on the road and we playing. We playing around doing this that and the other. We get to Chicago, and we 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 finish we finish the show. We finished the the main part of the show. We've got the encore to do. Yeah. And we walk off the back. And Tom walks up to me. and He says. Um, did you did you did you learn breakdown? And I said, uh, no, it wasn't on the list. He said, okay. <laughs> he said, okay. You do this. You go boom, da boom, chka boom, da boom, chka. There go crazy. Follow me. And we walked out on the stage. <laughs> we walked out. We walked out on the stage, and I did it. And I just felt my way through it. And that was the rehearsal for breakdown. Oh and man, it was, uh... I love it. Twenty thousand. What could what could possibly go wrong? As long as you have Tom exactly. Petty, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 you know, I got to say something. Tom Petty was a really good band leader. I oh, really he could lead the band. Yeah, yeah, and he was really good at making the band move through something or taking the band through something, and also then good, when something happened, letting that go. Yeah, you know, he was really a good. He was really a good band. He knew when something when somebody was on it and they were playing something, he was just like, yeah, go. 
Ben Benmont start playing it. Yeah, Benmont, yeah. play the piano, yeah. play the piano, and he'd just walk away and leave Benmont over there to play, get into his thing. Yeah. So it, it, it was a damn good jam band within the within the format of the song. Yeah. They were really. Yeah, like the ability you know, to. Let... Heartbreak, Heartbreakers was was really something. It was a great band. Oh man. You sit in the middle of the Heartbreakers, you know you've been there. Oh seriously, <laughs> Stephen, man. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, oh, it's heart. It is heart heartbreaking, you know, like how how it all unfolded. It's still, you know, you know what uh, we did uh, last uh, two thousand two thousand and uh, I think it was two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, or two two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, we did a, 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 a Ron Blair called me up and said, you know, we're going to do the, the the sort of there's some people that want us to go and play that want to do this thing at the L Ray Theater here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they want to do a thing for Tom's birthday, you know. And I said, yeah, sure, absolutely, I'd love to do that. And, uh, uh, and they've had these petty fests and stuff that have been going on around. And, yeah. Uh, 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 I, I looked in on one once. I just went and looked in on one once. It was a, it was a, it was really painful for everybody to lose Tom. So we yeah. stayed away from those songs for a long time, you know. Mm. But uh, so I decided to go down and uh, to do that and. And uh, and uh, actually, uh, the, these songs are just uh, you can you can uh, they're just starting to trickle out now. Uh, Ron started a YouTube uh, a YouTube page yeah. called um, the L Ray All Stars. All Stars is one word A L L S T A R S, and you can find it on YouTube. And there's there's I think there's just one thing there at the moment. They got video of everything, and a Patty. Sorry, uh, uh, Hattie, Hattie Webb. Uh, uh, I, I, they gave me a song the other day that I played on my radio show. Um, uh, Hattie, Hattie Webb and Chris Stills uh, singing Stop, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. And, and it's funny because when I listen to it and I hear the bottom end, the, the, rhythm, the bass of the rhythm section with me and Ron, yeah. it's there. You know? yeah. and, and I've done it where I sat down and I played with Ben Mont. Uh, just, just me and Benmont playing. There's all of a sudden there's that 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 hint of the heartbreakers when you yeah. put two of us, just two of an, any combination of two of the heartbreakers playing together, uh, it's starting. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it has that feel, and, it, and and you see the faces of the people that you play with. They turn around and they sort of look, and it's like, damn, you know, that's yeah, <laughs> that's something. That's something else. There's it's, chemistry it's, there. Uh, yeah. Total chemistry. Tom Tom put together. Uh, 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 a hell of a family. It's a bit more than a band. It's a family. It was really a family. We don't, we don't really socialize a lot. You know, we, do, we send like one word texts to each other. Yeah. I probably see Ben more than I see anybody else. Yeah. If I go down by San Diego, I pop in and see Ron. Every once in a while, I shoot a text to to, to Mike and they go, hey, "How you doing? Fine. That's it." You know? <laughs> but when we when, yeah. when, when we when we when we when we get together uh, in a playing situation, that's a uh, something that's uh it's it's really it's really something special yeah i like yeah still yeah because it's like yeah no i i bet i i i can remember um hearing about tom's death and it and it my sister messaged me going have you heard about tom petty and no i mean i got a fucking tom petty tattoo i think i'm the only the only person i know in england that's that's a ridiculous overstatement but you know Oh, what's the what's what's this one, Stephen? What's that one? 
What does that say? Most things I wo- most things I worry about never happen anyway. Oh man, I fucking love that lyric. That's off "Down the Torpedoes," right? And they got, and they got, the, got, got yeah. No, it's a, that's from a, a um, uh, uh, oh, uh, "Crawling Back to You." Oh, crawling and, back uh, to on you. On wildflowers, of course it and, is, yeah. and there's a, the Heartbreakers logo. And when I play, the Heartbreakers logo points at my heart. Oh, mate, that's beautiful. I, 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 had, that. I had I had that done. I had that done after. Uh, after Tom passed away. Oh, I'm so, that mate, that's so beautiful. Did it right here in my did it right here in my studio? Really? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Stephen, I, I gotta like say, man, room. I never. I this is, I just it's so crazy to think like how close you guys were, and 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 I it, it it's you the way you talk about him is so, with such affection. You know, it's it's just so it's so great great to hear. But it's to- at the same time completely understandable because he meant so much to everybody. You know, it's like for me, yes. when Tom died, it was like everyone went hysterical when Bowie died, but when, and mm. for a good fucking reason. And when Tom died, it was more than that for me. You know, my, um, yeah, it was a state of almost paralysis for like two days, you know? I I think, I, you know, the, the Heartbreaker fans have just been wonderful. They were, they were wonderfully uh, what we call the petty nation. Yeah. They they were extremely sensitive. Uh, um, uh, they, they were just uh, I don't know. It, it was really touching. I, I think I think the thing the thing what happened with Tom was I think it, there wasn't many people in the planet that didn't think that Tom really had written a song about them, because you know my sister got lucky, married a yuppie, <laughs> took him for all he was worth. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I fucking love that yeah. lyric. He, 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 he's, he's, he had a way of saying stuff. Uh, I, I, you know, I had, I had an experience uh, uh, when I was, uh, oh, let me see, it was about, I've been in the band maybe, it was right after, right after the, um, the Wildflowers tour. Yeah. Uh, Tom was, Tom was getting divorced. And he was uh, he was living down there near Santa Monica in the house down there near Santa Monica, and and I discovered something about my childhood, uh, 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 like a family secret that I didn't know before was that my name is not my father's name. My name my name is is a made up name. It actually comes from a from a movie. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, and it was, you know it was a, my mother had not, just not told me what the deal was with all this stuff and all these years. Yeah. And when she told, when she told, you know, when I started, to, I was starting to look for my dad, and she wasn't very happy about that. Mm. And uh, and she uh, she you know uh, it sort of came out came to light that my father's name was Nicholson, uh, and uh, and uh, and and, uh, and not Ferroni, you know. And it, it was it was made up from this movie because when I was born, when I came out, I hadn't taken color. But I looked so kind of swarthy, like an Italian. Okay. And the, and at that day, oh, yeah. uh, the the midwife I was born in, the midwife said, "We're saved. He looks Italian. Let's call him Tony Ferroni, which was the name of one of these guys in the mo- this guy in the movie. His name they could never remember. So uh, I I I was I walked around stunned for it. I was around just it, it was one of those things that uh, uh, it just you know talk about mind being blown of course of course my god uh all my foundation and my legs went out when my mom told me and i couldn't speak to her for about a month after that (laughs) yeah but uh, i i i was i was wandering around for about a week just to just 
stunned trying to figure stuff out in my head and, and i found myself over there and near tom's house and i gave him a call and i said can i come over and he said yeah sure so i went over and i, and I sat down with him and i said you know tom I, you know, I said I, got, I just found out something i told him the whole story and at the end of the story he sat there and he, he sat there and listened to me and he said wow he said oh. he said tell me he said what was your what was your dad's real name and i said nicholson he said, mm. Steve Nicholson doesn't sound good. Steve Nicholson on drums just doesn't sound good. Steve Ferroni on drums sounds really good. That's your name. You made that. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's that's fucking great. So now fast yeah. forward 20 years, 20 years, and I get this phone call from Tom. Hey, Steve, I got this song. Uh, can you come over? We're all just trying to cut it, me and you. I said, okay. So I go over, go over, to, his, over to his house. Get there in Malibu and uh, you know go in there. And he's got his drum kit and uh, and, uh, and uh, in the studio, just me and him with the bass. And he's got he's made a track with the keyboards and everything. And we sort of play we're playing along to that. And the song's called "Looking for Daddy." And I'm thinking, wow, well, you know, so looking for Daddy. Oh, looking for Daddy. You're not really listening to the lyrics, listening more to the song and how the thing goes and what I'm playing, yeah. playing with him. And uh, and uh, and. Uh, 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 sometime after that, it was about a year or two after. Well, no, it's after that. Way long, a while after that, when we started to do, when I started to do my radio show, they said, "Oh, you know, this uh, song looking for Daddy' that you played on came out. You know, they they, they, they really said you want to play that on the show." And I said, "Yeah, I'd love to." So I said, "Send it over to me." So I send it over, and I start listening to it. And it's not about uh, some girl looking for a sugar daddy. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's about it's about somebody looking for their father. Yeah, and I said, and I and I listened to it, and I listened. And I said, I wonder if he wrote that, if he had that in it, because he used to write stuff down in this book. Phrases, he'd write them in the book. So if he'd got needed a line, he'd go to his book and he'd look through his book, see what he'd written down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he, he said, uh, yeah, I, I, I started to wonder, man, did, uh, did he write that about that conversation that we had all that time ago? Did that come up in the in the book? Yeah. yeah. But... But there again, everybody had something that they thought Tom Petty had written about them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or or some interpretation of a song that Tom Petty had written. Yeah. And I've got to tell this story because it's I know I'm going on a bit, but Mate, this, but do it, do it. It's a very he used to he used to go and hang out when he lived over here in Tarzana. He used to go to Tower Records down there on Ventura Boulevard. He'd like to go down there and just look look through the to the see what they they had in the racks, you know. And uh he was in there one day and he's a, and uh, this guy sort of came up to him and he said, Hey man, Tom Petty, right? And he said, Yeah, yeah, he's in. he said, Yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> it nice to meet you? And said, yeah, man, he said, I'm a big fan. And he said, Listen, I love your new album. Yeah. He said, Oh, great, I'm glad you do. He said, Yeah, especially that song about pussy. <laughs> Tom was like, Tom, song about pussy. Yeah, you, you know, that song about pussy. <laughs> Uh, uh, what 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 song what song was that? Cabin down below. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know, 
everybody had something yeah that they loved about a tom petty song for sure man like so, oh that's brilliant uh, and you know when you write, <laughs> write a song like i won't back i won't back down yeah. it's like this it just it goes it goes into so many that really just touches so many people and different things they yeah. hear that song and it's like mm, okay i'm not gonna back down i'm not gonna go back down yeah this stuff. Like, yeah. So when when you were like starting out with the heartbreakers like we have touched on their their back catalogue what were you like when when you were starting to unearth when you started listening to more and more of their tracks did you have a little bit more influence on say like set lists and stuff no i know tom did all that stuff yeah. that was his that was his thing did you ever like go tom you know he, he, this song's amazing what about this one you know i mean you know he would this is the thing like i said he had such an arsenal of songs yeah you know uh, uh, well, I said, you know, the, the the breakdown didn't make it because he said, you know, let's give it a rest. I mean, he's he's done that with some of the biggest, some of his biggest songs. He, he turned around and saying, eh, let's give it a rest. I mean, he always did. I won't back down. Always threw that in there because everybody fucking loved it. Yeah, you know? right. um, yeah. But but sometimes sometimes we go out and play Last Dance of Mary Jane. Yeah, you know. So he, 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 he and especially. When we did those, we did these little, like we did it every once in a while. He called it putting the band to its paces. We go and play in a tiny theater somewhere, or we go play at Fillmore West uh, yeah. for for a month, and and uh, it, you start with something that they knew, and yeah. then in the middle, anything that we wanted to do, sweet, anything that he wanted, anything, we just jam. We jam with the opening act. We play. Blues, uh, 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 ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Yeah, yeah. Just, just uh, anything, anything that we wanted to do, we play that, and then finish with something that they know. Oh man, <laughs> they were happy. That sounds like some of the best days. <laughs> that sounds like you're describing like some of the best days of your life, right there. You know, that sounds pretty amazing. Uh, absolutely, it was a, it was a big, it was 25, 25 years, well, almost a little bit shy of twenty five years. In, uh, so, um, uh, so twenty five years to. There is quite. It's like twenty four years, twenty four years and eleven months. Yeah, oh god, <laughs> that it's just a huge. This is like even scratching the surface of you though, because you've, I mean, like you've you've played with everyone in the in the entire world. I know we haven't jammed yet, but you know, it's still yeah. time. But um, yeah, I mean, I hope I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like a shitty vi- vi- like a plenty, plenty. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, online jam. Just, just wait for the delay. Yeah. This, this isn't working. This isn't working. You know, mm. what? Well, um, like we can do better than that. <laughs> yeah. I think we will do better than that soon. Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> What's like your? Because mm. I, I mean, I look at your career and I think like you got on the train, and it just seems to just every a coach has been added every six months to a year on your life in terms of jam, jamming with people, recording with people. And you've got this coach, yeah. you've oh. got this train like five miles long of the most incredible people you've worked with, you know, and I'm not going to ask, you know, who's the greatest you've ever worked with, blah, blah, blah. But like, what's your takeaway? Like, what's your, I mean, you've got so much. I think, I think, I think, I think, you know, the, the thing is, is that, you know, sometimes every once in a while you run into somebody that's just sort of kind of like hustling to get a gig, you know, mm. and, and and it, it, I, I, I never did that. I never, I mean, I never, 
you know, I, I, I got it. I got accused of it. I got accused of it once by somebody that I didn't even know. You know, it was like, and 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 that wasn't even that wasn't even the, the, uh, uh, that just what didn't even come into it. I just got a phone call you know, to go to work. And that, that was that was it. But uh, um, I've always enjoyed enjoyed playing. Like I said, I, I, I never. I've never done it with any sort of ambition in in mind, uh, anything other than just to play music and to play music as much as I can. Yeah. And 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 uh, and, and 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 because I, I I love I love it. I love to play. Yeah. I love to make music. I mean, all the, kinds of music. What is it that gets you? Because you you've, you've you've played with like I, I mean I say like Duran Duran, Paul Simon, and Tracy Chapman, George Harrison. I mean mm. what. What is I it? I don't know where that Tracy Chat. I don't know where that Tracy Chapman credit came from. Actually. Is, it, is it a lie? That's is it a, is it a myth? That's a, that's. I've never done that. No. That's, that's quite funny. Not, no, that's me. That's... It's funny, man, because I used to work for a, a lawn treatment company, and I used to, used to add random uh, names into like the report of the lawn, like add random weeds yeah. in, and my boss used to read them. <laughs> And he used to piss himself because he used to go, I used to put like band names in there, like Hawkwind. And he used to go, this isn't a fucking weed, this is a band. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, fuck it, I'm amusing myself. It's the worst job I've ever had in my life. But, you know, yeah. just like putting in data for weeds yeah. in a lawn. But Actually, actually, you know, I got to tell you, there was, a, there was a funny thing that happened once was that I was in my house and a Grammy showed up for me, you know, with my name on it and everything. And I looked at it and I said, what the hell is this for? I, I never done it. What's this Grammy for? And I opened it up. I opened it up and it's for Steve Ferroni for the, that Santana album when he had that when he had that massive album where he won a Grammy. Right, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I, I didn't play on Oh, it's turns out, oh my god! It turns out there's like a there's like a assistant engineer or a second engineer or an engineer or something right. that, that did something on a oh my on god, a thing with my with the same with the same name as me and and, and I got his Grammy so I had to send it back to him. I should have just kept it. <laughs> just, keep it, keep it, you know. Yeah, it's like the yeah. when the bank accidentally send you a check. You know, I'm not gonna fucking send that back. You said keep it, you know. God, that's fantastic! Oh my god, but like, um, because you, you oh man, I was listening to um, some awesome bands you've been involved with and influences as well, like in terms of jazz and what have you. I, I'm not a massive, massive jazz head myself. Like I, I, but I am. I'm for some reason I don't know why, but I'm obsessed with Blue Train. I, I, it's a holiday album oh, for yeah. me. I listen to that like, like, like you wouldn't believe. But like, when you're like starting out with like. Uh, Shaka Khan or the average white band, like man, that where where does that that transition from the average white band to Shaka Khan? Da, 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 where does that all start? Where how did that? Come well, about? that 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 was when when I started to play with average white band when when um, Ahmed Erdogan told me that I had to play with the band and <laughs> he got me out of my contract. That with, that with Bloodstone, that I was I was work, contracted to work with Bloodstone, and he said, "You're an average white band. That's it. You didn't have any question, and no, yeah. no choice. I was going to be in that band." Yeah, and I got and I got to and I got to New York. Uh, Arish Martin was was uh, a producer. Yeah, and he was uh, one of the hottest producers uh, uh, that there was in New York at that time. Yeah, 
and uh, and and so what you know the, where where the school uh, come in handy for me was was that if I played a bat, uh, if I played a pattern and, and he liked he, he said oh I love that feel that that that's, that sounds like, I just I just write it out I just write it out so that I remembered that was the, that was the, that was the feel that was the thing that I played that 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 beat and and, uh, and he noticed that yeah. yeah so after we finished doing cut the cake he said to me well uh um listen uh i noticed that you read and i said yeah he said well he said he said you know would you want would you like to come and do some sessions for me i've got some things that I, you know some some sessions to do well one of the one of the um the first first sessions i did with the reef was uh uh it was a bit midler a bit midler song um Oh, I forget now. I forget how it goes now. It was like some sort of some dance song that Bert, Bert Midler did. Yeah, and I did that, and then and then he mo- we moved into we moved into doing the Shaka Khan stuff and doing that stuff, and then you know producers around town in New York heard Arif was using me from Average White Band. Yeah, to put that I was doing sessions and stuff, so people started to book me into doing sessions, and I became a busy a busy studio guy. So what- you know, some people just couldn't. Have, couldn't understand why I was doing it. They said, "Why are you doing it? You know, you're, you know, you're in a band." I said, "Because I, I don't want to sit around and not play. I love playing." Yeah, and like, yeah, no, I get that. It's just like, what is it though? Like, you, do you think there's something innately in you? Like over seven, you know, okay, not seventy years of doing it, but like, you know, 40, 50 years of doing it. It's like there must come a time when you're where you've sat back and gone. Do you think it's because I'm just a nice guy, or do you think I've got the ability? Obviously, you've killed, you know you're an amazing drummer, but do you think it's something about you, like something in, within you? You're so, you, you've got the most incredible smile. You're so affable. Um, you know, tell me to stop. I'm going to start. You know, I'm, you know, st- yeah. too too much niceness. Right, smoke up my ass. Now. Right, right. You know, you know, but because <laughs> I. No, it's just it's just uh, funny. I, I don't know. Personality, personality always does have something that do, does have something to do with it. I yeah. mean, I, I, you know, sometimes I haven't been such a nice guy too. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when I was, especially when I was drinking. Right. In the, yeah. Back in the back in the drinking the, back in the drinking days and uh, yeah. But uh, 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 you know, I think I think that there's there's always been this thing that even as as dark as some of the, uh, the some moments have been, that, that it's always a. a always just sort of landed on my feet and that was Mm. another reason why that line Mm. when he did when we cut that that meant it just meant so much to me you know it was a most things i worry about never happen anyway and so uh, i mean uh, you know like i say being a recovering alcoholic i've had some pretty dark moments that took me that wasn't the greatest day when i decided to stop drinking was not the best day in my life. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Was that yeah. rock bottom, but, or was uh, it just uh, was that your rock bottom? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, I was, I, there was just so much trouble. There was all these kids and like divorces and kids and like uh, uh, child support and uh, all this stuff that was it was just totally overwhelming. And people mm. thinking that I had all kinds of money that I didn't have and offshores and I didn't even know what an offshore was. You know. somebody showed me an offshore it was just yeah and it was like and they were relentless and uh, and it was and 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 i used to be able to drink and forget about it you know and 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 finally i just ended up being a guy that was sitting there drinking and looking at the tv set and wondering uh, thinking my life was over. right yeah that's a you know and so then the, the the day that I decided that I decided to try and do that without without alcohol to live life without alcohol, mm. 
uh, I was not the most smiley person. And I was with Nathan East at Nathan East's house in his kitchen. And uh, I was sitting there drinking and, and, and doing some other stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I said to Nathan, Nathan was cleaning his kitchen, and I said, Nathan, I said, oh, you know, I don't mind doing this stuff. My party's over. I'm going to stop. You know? And Nathan said, great, great, swear, swear off. Let's swear off now. And I said, well, wait a minute. I'm going to finish this first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, that'll be 27 years ago tomorrow. God, mate, congrats. Yeah. And, and so, Neil's so, Neil so, birthday as well, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a shitty forty third birthday. I had a shitty forty third birthday. Yeah, but it'll be twenty seven seven. That'll be twenty seven years tomorrow. If I make it, I got to get through this next twenty four hours. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. No, it's testing. But uh, but uh, 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 I can tell you the 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 the, uh, the the life that that has given me. It 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 um uh uh, uh it has it, it you know all the things that I really didn't want to become the most important thing in my life. My family yeah. has become really important. I got nine grandchildren. Oh, good work! Uh, the love, the love of my children. I, I had to get yeah. some of that back from some of them. I had to yeah. work to get some of that back from some of them. Um, it, 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 uh, you know, uh, you know, you know. I look, you look at this studio, and you say, Steve, Steve got the studio. I didn't buy the studio. Tom Petty bought the studio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have had 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 the had the had the uh, 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 finances that I got from Tom Petty to, to be able to to do this. Yeah. You know, I haven't really done too much except except uh, uh, just try to do the next the next the next right thing and not not pick up a drink or a drug. Yeah. In 27 years. Yeah. Uh, and 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 in fact, the the, the stuff that I've learned uh, that we are all taken care of. Uh, we are we are all all right. Uh, uh, the, the, you know when they said guy used to guy I know guy that sort of helps me help me with helps me with all this stuff. Yeah, his name's Bill. Well, your sponsor. Or... Um, yeah, my sponsor. Yeah, you know Bill. Bill used to say to me, you know what, things aren't going to be all right. They already are all right. You're just not seeing it yet. You know, and uh, uh, um, that's so. That's you know, just cool. just just keep doing just keep doing the next. As long as you don't pick up a drink, things are going to be things are going to be better. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and it, it was one point I didn't believe him, but you know now I, I really believe it. I do, I do what 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 he did. He's been my sponsor for been my sponsor for twenty four years. Yeah, you know and that man knows. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah. knows everything about me. Man, I, I've we've had problems with uh, alcoholism. You know, in 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 yeah. uh, in my life, not I haven't been affected by it, but like um, when my dad passed away, you know, there was some problems in our family, and it was fucking horrific you know like i was 22 he was 50 50 yeah. when he passed away um mm. i was I, I i count myself lucky every day mm. that hasn't affected me in terms of drink you know i've got a different relationship with alcohol but you know i have family members that that, that, that have a different relationship with alcohol um mm. uh, but they're sober now you know 15 15 years or whatever and it's a, it's a, it's fucking incredible yeah. and, and that's because of the programs because of aa you know so it is a uh, I I I I don't think that I would be here today if I hadn't stopped drinking for mm. sure. Yeah, and so uh, this is the uh, this is the other side of it is that I'm grateful for all the people that stayed on my case who just were the most biggest. But really, I was just trying to get stop 
the trouble that I got into. I'm grateful that they stayed with it because if they hadn't stayed with it and I'd have got out of it too easy, yeah. then I probably would have just said, ah, I'm going to go back and have a drink now. Yeah. It's all right now. Yeah. Everything's cured. They stayed with it for years. It took 12 years for me for me to have all the problems that I have at my house for Christmas. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, and that was the start of the, that was the start of just the start of the healing. Is that? Yeah. You know. So so, it, it, you know, it, it, it's funny because it, it is really painful. You know, you, you're talking about with your father. I, I don't want to ever do do, do that with my children. Mm. To my children, I don't want to do that to my children. And my children have learned have learned a lot. Now, fortunately, I didn't do too much damage there. And um, uh, uh, and uh, uh, you know, I I I I, uh, I talk to my children about their children and about that they should really know, uh, or you know, what went on with Grandpa because it, you know, knowing that, that that's in the family, because you never know when it's going to pop out, pop yeah, up. Yeah. You know? yeah yeah it's there you yeah, know it's, yeah. it can be there and and it can it can just be a very subtle thing you don't even notice it you're going to the fridge every night you're topping up topping up and then fucking a crisis hits and there you go you know it's no. uh, you know it's not the great big disaster that's gonna gonna get you it's a broken shoelace you know yeah so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a question of, of being being really being really careful being yeah. really careful with all that stuff but but i think you know the the that I think that we're basically we're all really taken care of, you know. Uh, that 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 we're all really powerless in life, mm. and uh, and uh, that you know the things are, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs, and it's kind of learn, like learning to love them because you know we love the ups and then we say oh the downs are really bad, but if it wasn't for the ups and the downs, it, it, life would be kind of boring, wouldn't it? it right. If we didn't have the downs, it's kind of, yeah. so. So, so uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because uh, everybody now, oh, you know, there's not going to be any money. And then, uh, uh, musicians kind of are used to that. Yeah. Musicians are, are kind of used to feast or famine. Right yeah. now, it's a famine. Yeah, you know? big time. And, and, and uh, there was a guy who came came to interview me. Uh, that worked for one of the guys. He was a he was a, an economics professor at Princeton University. Who was one of the guys that set up uh, Obamacare uh, for the? And he was writing a book. He was he couldn't understand how 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 musicians survive. Yeah, he couldn't understand the fact that we have a lot and then we have nothing and then we sort of go through it and how yeah. we go through it and you know yeah uh, I, you know I don't know I, I I really couldn't tell him I couldn't really give him any good answers. <laughs> belief, that. belief in rock and roll, my friend. That's like how it's done. Yeah. Right? I was like, yeah. I mean, it's it, I've it's, got it's, before I forget. Okay, because I'm pretty bad at forgetting. Because um, I, I mean, like, I, I, okay, so you were 43 when you got sober, right? So my first 43. 43. My my first memory of you playing uh, visually was when yeah. I got a Nebworth VHS, right? Uh, now, yeah. like the super gig, right? And I wore yeah, that. Right, right. There was a captain. I, I wore I that. was not sober then. <laughs> right. So were you, were you, yeah. you weren't hammered during that gig, were you? You couldn't play drunk. No, no, no. no. I used to, I used to, put, I used to get hammered after a show. I, yeah. I didn't like playing drunk. I didn't like, I didn't like any of that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, an impossibility. Yeah, anyway. You know what? Yeah. 
Yeah, you know what's funny? It's like, you know, I run into, you know, I run into people and they always talk about, yeah, well, you know, I live the rock and roll lifestyle. And it's like, well, rock and roll lifestyle, like you got to make the music first, you know? Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> That's a real rock and roll lifestyle, is it? First thing. Yeah. you got to make some music. Then you can go and get high. Right, man, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. pay your dues yeah. or just like, yeah, at least you've got something to shout about. Like, I, it's the... um this gig though man like it was absolutely extraordinary because i i just i just caught up um the other day with get you know our, our chat getting this organized and i thought you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna go a trip down memory lane so i youtube eric clapton nebworth 1990 mm. it comes up and i'm like okay all the memories come flooding back to me when i when i used to watch this video non-stop but one particular mm. part that really got me and actually brought a fucking tear to my eye was seeing you and the the, the bald guy on percussion i can't i don't know his fucking ray name. cooper right ray cooper ray cooper because i am telling you right fucking now i used to fast forward get to your drum solo get to his percussion solo and yeah. then stop it rewind it do it again do it again oi, do it oi, again oi. yeah yeah oi, yeah oi, what, oi. the fucking guy with the oh. Oh, there has is a moment of genius on so many different levels from you guys and the smile on your face when you were you're doing that drum solo and you finish it and you're like smashing the cymbals and then your mate picks it up and starts doing the bongos it's amazing as a mate could you could you remember that oh yeah absolutely yeah ray cooper was just, just one of the funniest guys we had so much fun doing that stuff, you know. It was, it was really something. Uh, when we did the Royal Albert Hall and we did the orchestra nights, uh, you know, Ray always used to be like oh, either over there and back a bit, uh, but or, or behind me. But uh, th this this uh, this particular thing at the Albert, he was like right next to me, so I'm sitting here, and then Ray was right there. So I got like a full <laughs> the full Ray Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Ray was hilarious and a great, you know, best tambourine player on the planet. Right, yeah. Best tambourine player, yeah. Well, that, that was... He's really, really good. Really a good, good player, Ray. God. He's, and totally, totally different personality. Yeah. Off stage than I He's always, he always apologizes for everything. You know, he's always, oh, sorry, so, sorry, so sorry. Yeah, Stutters yeah, yeah. He gets up there on stage and he's just this crazy man. Yeah. He's an amazing player. It's astonishing, isn't yeah. it? Some of the guys, who, like some, because to me, that guy has a, you know, the gift, if you know what I mean. Like, like so yeah. many music, they have like a spark in their eye, you know? Like, how many yeah. people would you say, like, along your your career path, that, fuck it, even just not, 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 not even musicians, but people just have that spark in, in their eye? Like, who, who are the people you say you've met like that? Like that? Well, I mean, you know, there's lots of guys that 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 are magic. My, I have a gardener here that comes and does my gardener. Yeah. Oscar, you know, I changed accounts, right? And 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 Oscar comes every Monday and he just mows and blows. You know, that's basically what he does. Nothing. I'm a I'm a gardener. I'm a gardener. Oh yeah, I thought I am. Right. Me and Oscar, man. Well, I, 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 I give, I give him like some flowers, and I say, "Can you put them in over there?" And he just goes and digs a hole, puts them in there, does all the stuff. Yeah. 
So I changed I changed my accountants and and Oscar's coming and doing all this stuff and then so he, one day he comes up to me and he says, uh, uh, "Mr. Ferroni," he says, "You know, you and I always give him like ice water, put it outside for him, and you know, give him a cigar once in a while. He smokes cigars, give him a cigar." Sweet, yeah. He says, uh, he says, Mr. Ferroni, he says, I'm really sorry. And I said, what's the matter? He says, what's, what's, what's the matter, Oscar? He says, well, he says, you've always been, been very nice to me. He says, but my wife, she says that I have to, I have to talk to you. And I said, what's the matter? He said, uh, uh, I haven't been paid in a year. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he said, I haven't been paid in a year. I haven't been paid in a year. And I said, what are you talking about? He says, no, he says, I, I, they haven't sent any money. I haven't, you know. He says, I, I, I thought that maybe you had a problem and I didn't want to. And I said, Oscar, if somebody doesn't pay me for 30 days, I'm all over them. Yeah. <laughs> they, they missed the month. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my so, God. So, you know, uh, 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 and, and uh, you have to look at that as like, man, that was just really beautiful. He's this guy, Gardner. Yeah, you know, just goes around, does my own blow, this truck all the time, and and uh, and 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 I look at him, and I look, that that guy's especially my eye, you know. Yeah, yeah. He he has he has something that's really really special. There's a that's a, a that that kind of kindness, that kind of concern for another another human being is yeah. is, is, uh, is, is you know, and and you know uh, the. the the musicians, you know, I got to say, you know, the the, the 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 union musicians that I played with in New York when I started, when I started, when I first started, I wasn't experienced in the studio. These guys really knew their stuff, you know. Yeah. And and they'd help me too. I mean, I can read, but I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not a Vinnie Cayudo kind of reader, you know. I don't don't be I don't read the black page or anything like that, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I get to stuff in the, and I look at them and what the hell what the hell is that, you know. And I, you know, I turn around to Marcus Miller. Marcus, Marcus, what is what is that? Can you tell us? Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, they 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 taught me. They 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 helped me. They they, they showed me it, and 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 told me when I did stuff that didn't work. Yeah. And and that all came from like producers like Arif Martin, Jerry Wexler, Tom Dowd. These guys, are Quincy Jones. Yeah. I mean, these guys. You know, they're just a, a amazing, amazing professionals. You know, just, a, just a, so, so. I, I, I've been really, really sort of blessed. I've had this, uh, this charm. I, you know, I sit down and talk, talk with people. You know, just, uh, just, just regular, you know, just people that aren't musicians, and we start talking, and and they, they mention, they mention a song, you know, and I say, oh, I played on that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Oh, I played on that. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was you. Yeah, yeah, that's me. And then we did a little bit more conversation. They mentioned something else. Oh, oh. yeah, I, I played I played on that. That was you. <laughs> right? So finally, in a, in a, in a, after a while, it sort of gets to be like, you know, it sounds like I'm like tooting my own horn here. You know, that, I'm, yeah, I'm not making it up. I'm just Yeah, it's just a fucking fact. You know, it's like you played on a lot yeah. of a lot of tracks and a lot of them are absolutely awesome. A lot of, stuff, awesome. lot of different stuff. Yeah, like it, a lot of different it, stuff. Um, yeah. It, it, I, I got a question for <clears> you about um, the film Whiplash. Do you ever watch that? 
<laughs> it's a fucking good drama movie. Come on, there aren't any good drama movies. Okay, okay. There is one thing though. And 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 I spoke I had a conversation with Quincy Jones about this and we were both in agreement. Yeah. Any drummer that was worth his salt, the moment the moment the moment that that guy threw a tom tom at you, he would have got the whole drum kit back in his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would not have gone. Honey, Julia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was a. It. It. it uh, you know. It, it's like. It's a good. It's a good movie. Yeah. No, especially when he's got all blood yeah. on his hands. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, it came to me the other day and I was thinking, ah, drummer, I'm talking to a drummer here. I'm going to, I fucking love that movie. I watched that on the plane out to Los Angeles. I, I don't know where the fuck I was traveling. Thailand or something. Yeah. I was like, I watched it twice on the plane. I watched it twice in the in the cinema. Yeah, it's theatrical or whatever, but it's a, it's a film about a drummer, you know? We're a dying breed. We really fucking are. You know, you try and start a band... Everyone's a guitarist. You get a few bass players, but there aren't enough drummers in the world. There really aren't, Stephen. You know, we, it's a shame. I said, I said, I, I, you know, I was just thinking about what you're saying about Whitlash. I think that any drummer, any self-respecting drummer, would have beat the guy to a pulp, yeah. and then slept with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and if he, and if he didn't have a girlfriend, they would have gone and found his mummy. <laughs> I'm I'm high yeah. I'm high five you high five high five oh man that's so cool like I I was um I was also and I'm popping the questions at you I'm mile, a mile an hour hundred miles an hour here but a thought did cross my mind here so right I was about twelve thirteen years old I used to live in a village called Chiddingfold in Surrey and there was a working man's club there right and it was a shithole. A village, total fucking shithole working man's club is falling down, but it had some of the greatest fucking bands play there. It was like, you know, like this little sanctuary almost. And I just yeah. thought, has yeah, Stephen ever heard of that? You know, cheering for a working man's club. Eric Clapton used to play there a lot. You get uh, Mike and the Mechanics used to rehearse there. Genesis used to rehearse there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was like, maybe he, maybe he went there. You know, when I was there, because he knocked it down. No, no, but no, no, no. It, no. you would you would have fucking loved it because he um it was very very close to Ringo's where um Ringo mm. used to live. I used to I was having a chat with Dom Jolly last night. If you can remember Trigger Happy TV, hello, I'm on mm. my phone. That guy, really funny mm. British comedian, and. Right at the end of the conversation, I started. We used to start talking, you know. So, what did you used to do? And I and I said I used to work for Ringo Starr when I was like about twenty seven, twenty eight. I used to I was a groundsman there, and um, yeah. and it really popped into my head when I saw your drum kit there. I was like that when Ringo was practicing for his um, was it All Star Band that he used to have in L A or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and he used to, he was practicing his grooves right, and I'd be weeding outside the studio right, just gently ticking around whatever, and I used to have big fucking cojones on me, man. When Mr. Starkey, we used to have to call him, and, he, and he'd come out mm. after just jamming a bit, and I'd go, Mr. Starkey, you are sounding awesome. You're really, you're really getting it. It's sounding really fucking awesome, you know. It was, <laughs> it was, I, the, 
the balls on me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This, 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 this is like fucking Ringo Starr. And I'm like, hey, Mr. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Starkey, you, this is. And he was so fucking adorable with it. He was like, oh, do you think so? All right, thanks very much. You know. yeah. And he just like <laughs> walk, walk away slowly. He was such a lovely fucking guy. Mm. Did, you, did you ever meet Ringo? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was a funny thing. Uh, when I was rehearsing with George Harrison to go out and do this 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 thing on the on the uh, in Japan, yeah, Ringo showed up, right? Yeah, and we were up there and we were we were up there and rehearsing. And Ray Cooper had a drum kit that we would play. He was up there playing the bongos. Yeah, and Ringo's out there, and I'm and, I, and I'm playing. I'm like, we catch his eye, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ringo got up and started to play. And that was two of the Beatles playing together. So all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm feeling like, hey, I'm in the right, I'm in the Beatles cradle here. <laughs> it's like put two of put two of those guys together, you got a band too. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, what was what was what was George like, man? He must have been the sweetest man. He was amazing. He was, yes, yeah. one of the sweetest guys I ever met was George Harrison. He was amazing. He's a very special person. Yeah. A very, really, really, really cool guy. Yeah. He, um, I remember uh, I was in. I, I did a, a session uh, down at the Real World, and and I was driving back, driving back from that session, and I stopped to get some gas, and and I wasn't very far away uh, from George's house, you know, so in Henley there. Mm-hmm. And so I I I I, uh, I just shot him a call and I said, "Hey George, how you doing?" I said, "Not, not very far from you." He said, "Oh really?" He said, oh, "Why don't you come over?" I thought I was just heading back in the town. I said, "Oh come on." He said, <laughs> "He said he says just me and Danny here in the house. You know, Oliva's out of town. Come over, we're having chip butties." <laughs> so so I go over to Friar Park, <laughs> drive. I haven't seen pictures of Friar Park. It's just an incredible incredible house yeah, you know? yeah. and uh blue house castle right yeah and uh right. and went in there went in went in the kitchen and he was at, and sat in there me and danny and george and uh and he's uh, his housekeeper was was making chips and we had the white bread and the butter and salt and vinegar on there and we had chip chip buddies at george harrison's house oh, he, he was he was really very an endearing person he was yeah. just a, amazing and a gr- another great songwriter amazing songwriter yeah, beautiful, yeah. man. Beautiful. God, you've got so many sweet memories. Don't you think like that's what it all boils down to? It's just like it's not the bombastic bullshit, you know, the the, the, the drum solos in front of a hundred thousand people, or maybe it is. I don't know. But I mean, for me, what is a take? Well, drum solo, drum solos you actually do in front of about maybe twenty, thirty guys. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like at, at a work a workshop. If you want to, if you want to, you want to play in front of a lot of girls, you got to play like Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, God. I think just the sweetest, uh, the sweetest moments are like all the the ones that last the the, the longest are the, the the more tender moments, I suppose. Like yeah, like fucking chip chip buddies with George George Harrison because it's so sweet. Yeah. It's like so like oh, this is unexpected, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, I gotta I gotta go and do some shopping before yeah. I got another appointment at four o'clock. Yeah. 
If cool. you want to do this, if you want to do any more, we could do it again if you want. Yeah, no, that'd be great, man. We could definitely do that. That would be wonderful in the future. That'd be sweet, like in a. You, if you, if, 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 I mean, if you, you have to write this stuff out. Is that what you have to do? No, no this is all for a podcast. Are you writing it? It's a podcast. This is a podcast. Oh, okay, great. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. So we can do it again. But um. Well, if you if you want to do part one and two, if you want to move on from there, we can do that. Definitely, man. <laughs> I was um I was going to ask. Do you think there's another heartbreaker that would have a, a chat with me, or do you think that's probably pushing it? Uh, I, uh, I, I, I could, I could ask. I'll yeah. ask Mike. Maybe Mike could do it, or, yeah. or Ben. I'll have, I'll have a nice. Yeah. That'd be fucking cool, man. We like end up like you know, get oh my, getting two of you and like you know when this COVID shit's done, that would be hilarious. Like you know, talk about the magic. Yeah. You know, getting two uh, heartbreakers in a room. Uh, has that been done on a podcast before? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> you know, get the chemistry there of chat. Anyway, man. No, yeah. no. Look, enjoy, enjoy, um, enjoy the rest of your day. And except, except, uh, I'm probably the more chatty of all of them. Just... Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ron, Ron Blair, Ron yeah. Blair with it, and uh, yeah, that's why I have the radio show. Ben wants got a radio. Yeah, yeah, Ben, man, what a legend, what a legend, mate. Thank you so much yeah. for your time. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. just call me. Let me know if you want to do some more, and I'll, and I'll we'll figure out a date. Absolutely. Uh, between now, between now and Saturday is. Chock-a-block. Yeah, don't worry about it. It won't, won't be. It won't be this week. That's for sure. My wife will probably yeah, kill me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, buddy. Have a good one. Stay, stay safe there. Yeah, you too, man. Look after yourself. All right, see you soon. Cheers, Stephen. Do you, need, do you need me? To, do you need to do anything with this, or can I just close it you, out? You can just close it. That's brilliant. You got it. Great, love you. All right, see you later. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Bye. Bye.